All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. And it's currently 3 a.m. in the morning, 2.55 to be exact, Thursday morning. And I saw this video called Plandemic, and I wanted to share it because I just think that people need to hear it, and it makes for a good podcast. Um, it's If you want to know... Um, it's plandemicmovie.com, but it's it's been reposted a lot of times, and it keeps on getting taken down by Facebook and everywhere. But I googled, if you google Plandemic, the first result that comes up is a video of this guy. He's a doctor. The first result of it, he's like, like he, he's a doctor. And if you click on it, the video has 8,000 dislikes and 5 likes, or like 5,000 likes. And the comments are like, you sound like a fourth grader. Like he, 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 I, it says he's a doctor, but it didn't really make sense to me, like his argument against her. But basically, this pandemic movie is um, a guy interviewing Judy Mikovich and uh, she is a researcher uh, she has studied viruses for 30 years she she's worked with Anthony, uh, with Anthony Fauci um, and she exposes him exposes Bill Gates she talks about the media she talks about censorship it's about 20, 26 minutes, something like that. And uh, I just, you know, want you to listen to it. And um, I was blown away by it. It was had a lot of good stuff. And at the end of the show, I'm going to uh, share a video of a nurse or share an audio clip of a nurse in New York City exposing uh, these New York City hospitals. And it kind of ties into what she says at the end. And it just kind of makes for a good show. So, um, I think today or yesterday was National Nurses Day. So, thank you to all the nurses out there. After watching a lot of these videos that nurses are making and doctors are making, it makes me under, it puts me in their world a little bit. And I realize that they have a lot harder job than I thought. And you'll get, and you'll see that. You'll get to understand that um, in this in this podcast. So anyway, let's get into the show. And uh, here is Judy Mikovich um, talking about uh, a bunch of stuff. Here we go. Dr. Judy Mikovits has been called one of the most accomplished scientists of her generation. Her 1991 doctoral thesis revolutionized the treatment of HIV-AIDS. At the height of her career, Dr. Mikovits published a blockbuster article in the journal Science. The controversial article sent shockwaves through the scientific community as it revealed that the common use of animal and human fetal tissues were unleashing devastating plagues of chronic diseases. For exposing their deadly secrets, the minions of Big Pharma waged war on Dr. Mikovits. 
destroying her good name, career, and personal life. Now, as the fate of nations hang in the balance, Dr. Mikovits is naming names of those behind the plague of corruption that places all human life in danger. So you made a discovery that conflicted with the agreed-upon narrative. <laughs> Correct. And for that, they did everything in their powers to destroy your life. Correct. You were arrested. Correct. And then you were put under a gag order. Um, for, for five years, if I went on social media, if I said anything at all, they would find new evidence and, um, and put me back in jail. And it was one of the few times I cried, and it was because I knew there was no evidence the first time. And they, when you can unleash that kind of force to force someone into bankruptcy with a perfect credit score, and so that I couldn't bring my 97 witnesses, which included the heads, Tony Fauci, you know, Ian Lipkin, the heads of the public health in HHS, who would have had to testify that we did absolutely nothing wrong. And so what did they charge you with? Nothing. But you were in jail. I was held in jail with no charges. I was called a fugitive from justice. No warrant, literally drug me out of the house. Our neighbors are looking at what's going on here. You know, they searched my house without a warrant, literally terrorized my husband for five days. They said, if you don't find the notebooks, if you don't find the material, which was not in my possession, but planted in my house. As if you took intellectual property from the laboratory. Is yes. that correct? It was, it was intended to appear as if I took confidential material names and intellectual property from the laboratory. And I could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I didn't. Heads of our entire HHS colluded and destroyed my reputation, and the Department of Justice and the FBI sat on it and kept that case under seal, which means you can't say there's a case or your lawyers are held in contempt of court, so you can't even get a lawyer to defend you. So every single due process right was taken away from me and to this day remains the same. I have no constitutional freedoms or rights. Yet you sit here. <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably have just taken the retirement out early, laid low, but you have decided to come forth when your gag order has been released to write a book called Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, and you are naming names. Absolutely. Apparently, their attempt to silence you has failed. And I, I have to ask, how do you sit here with confidence to call out these great forces and not fear for your life as you leave this building? Because if we don't stop this now, we can not only forget our republic and our freedom, but we can forget humanity because we'll be killed by this agenda. So Anthony Fauci. My name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the director of the... The man who was heading the pandemic task force was involved in a cover-up. He directed the cover-up. And in fact, everybody else was paid off and paid off big time. Millions of dollars in funding from Tony Fauci, Tony Fauci's organization, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. These investigators that committed the fraud continue to this day to be paid big time by the NIAID. 
and the whole world is listening to his advice for how to handle this current pandemic. How do we know that what he's saying is what we need to be learning? What he's saying is absolute uh, propaganda and, and the same kind of propaganda that he's perpetrated to kill millions since 1984. We know from this study quite clearly that there will be a delay in progression significantly greater than for individuals who do not take the drug. It started really when I was 25 years old. I was part of the team that isolated HIV from the saliva and blood of the patients from France, where Luc Montagnier had originally isolated the virus. This was a confirmatory study, but Tony Fauci and Robert Gallo were working together then to spin the story in a different way. At that time, Dr. Rossetti was out of town, and Tony Fauci says, um, you know, we understand that you have a paper in press, and we want a copy of it. And I said, yes, there's a paper in press, and it's confidential, and no, I will not give you a copy of it. <laughs> he started screaming at me, then he said, give us the paper right now. Or, or you'll be fired for insubordination. And I just said, I'm sure when Dr. Rossetti gets back, you can have the conversation. And so Frank comes back, you know, several weeks later, and is really bullied into giving Fauci the paper. Fauci holds up the publication of the paper for several months, while Robert Gallo writes his own paper and takes all the credit, and of course patents are involved. This delay of the confirmation, you know, literally led to spreading the virus around, um, you know, killing millions. Perhaps no one expressed the anguish of AIDS better than New York writer Larry Kramer. But he was even more angry at the federal government and the pharmaceutical industry. One person who felt Kramer's fury was NIH doctor Anthony Fauci. He called Tony Fauci the Bernie Madoff of science. It's still been crushing to me to think that I didn't know my work in 1999 was something that had been avoided from 83 and 82 when the virus was isolated. The virus didn't have to wait until 84 to be confirmed. Think of how many people, the entire continent of Africa, you know, lost a generation as that virus was spread through because of the arrogance of a group of people, and it includes Robert Redfield, who's now the head of the CDC right along with Tony Fauci. They were working together to take credit and make money, and they had the patents on it, and tailored them to IL-2 therapy, which was absolutely the wrong therapy. And had that not happened, millions wouldn't have died um, from HIV. How can a man who's giving, any, any person who's giving global advice for health own a patent in the solution in the vaccine. Isn't that a conflict of interest or shouldn't it be? It is a conflict of interest. And in fact, this is one of the things that I, I've been saying and would like to say to President Trump, repeal the Bayh-Dole Act. Bayh-Dole fundamentally changed the way universities approach technology transfer. Uh, and you can see that best in the statistics. Universities obtain 16 times as many patents today as they did in 1980. Now, everybody's getting more patents, but still, universities' share of all patents in the United States is more than five times greater than it was before Bayh-Dole. 
the situation has gotten so bad uh, that one uh, information technology industry official has publicly referred to universities as, quote, crack addicts, unquote, driven by, quote, small-minded tech transfer offices addicted to patent royalties. That act gave government workers the right to patent their discoveries. So to, to claim intellectual property for discoveries that the taxpayer paid for. Ever since that happened in the early 80s, it destroyed science. And this allowed the development of those conflicts of interest. And this is the crime behind letting somebody like Bill Gates with billions of dollars. Nobody elected him. He has no medical background. He has no expertise. But we let people like that have a voice in this country while we destroy the lives of millions of people. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. If we activate mandatory vaccines globally, I imagine these people stand to make hundreds of billions of dollars that own the vaccines. And they'll kill millions, as they already have with their vaccines. There is no vaccine currently on the schedule for any RNA virus that works. So I have to ask you, are you anti-vaccine? Oh, absolutely not. I'm, in fact, vaccine is immune therapy, uh, just like interferon alpha is immune therapy. So I'm not anti-vaccine. My job is to develop immune therapies. That's what vaccines are. Do you believe that this virus was created in a laboratory? I wouldn't use the word created, but you can't say naturally occurring if it was by way of the laboratory. So it's very clear this virus was manipulated, These, this family of viruses was manipulated and studied in a laboratory where the animals were taken into the laboratory. And this is what was released, whether deliberate or not. That cannot be naturally occurring. Somebody didn't go to a market, get a bat, the virus didn't jump directly to humans. That's not how it works. That's accelerated viral evolution. If it was a natural occurrence, it would take it up to 800 years to occur. This occurred from SARS-1 within a decade. That's not, that's not naturally occurring. And do you have any ideas of where this occurred? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it occurred between the North Carolina Laboratories, Fort Detrick, U.S. Army Research Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Wuhan Laboratory. $3.7 million flowed from the National Institutes of Health here in the U.S. to the Wuhan lab in China, the same lab where many people have said that this coronavirus infection first originated. We also now know that NIAID, the department associated with the National Institutes of Health, of which Dr. Anthony Fauci is in control, had already been conducting experiments with the Wuhan lab in the past in regard to coronavirus. If Dr. Anthony Fauci cannot be honest with the public about his connection to this lab, then Fauci has to go. In 1999, I was working in Fort Detrick in USAMRID there, and my job was to teach Ebola how to infect human cells without killing them. Ebola couldn't infect human cells until we took it in the laboratories and talked to him. It's hard to ignore the death tolls. People have been dying. They are dying from this in, in quite alarming numbers. How do you reconcile that? Uh, um, it, it's 
pretty easy when you see, um, for me, when you see what the government has done, and that is that they took quoting Dr. Burks. We've taken a, a very, very liberal, liberal approach. approach to mortality. If my husband were to die, who has COPD, his lungs have fibrosis, his lungs would look exactly like somebody with COVID-19, theoretically, but he has no evidence of infection. So if you're not testing and you don't have evidence of infection, and if you walked in there today, you know, they'd call it COVID-19. And, and we hear this from the doctors and nurses who are upset. I've seen so many doctors online that have made their own webcam videos just perplexed by the protocol that the CDC had given them. Well, last Friday, I received a seven-page document that sort of told me that if I had an 86-year-old patient that had pneumonia but was never tested for COVID-19. But sometime after she came down with pneumonia, we learned that she had been exposed to her son who had no symptoms, but later on was identified with COVID-19, that it would be appropriate to diagnose on the death certificate COVID-19. When I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. Why would they want to skew the number of deaths due to COVID-19? Well, fear is a great way to control people. And sometimes people's ability to think for themselves is paralyzed if they're frightened enough. And that's not where I want people to be. I want people to say, we're going to get through this. I'm going to use my head. I'm going to go to different sources. I'm going to listen to different sources. And I'm going to think for myself because that's what America is about. If someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. You don't die with an infection. You die from an infection. I've talked with doctors who have admitted that they are being incentivized to list patients that are sick or have died with COVID-19. Yeah, $13,000 for Medicare, if you call it COVID-19. Right now, Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you'll get paid $13,000. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get $39,000, three times as much. And you've killed them with the ventilator because you gave them the wrong treatment. All the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. And I fear that this misguided treatment will lead to a tremendous amount of harm to a great number of people in a very short time. My next question is about Italy. I want to know why Italy was hit so hard. Italy has a, a very old population. Um, they're very sick with inflammatory disorders. They got, at the beginning of 2019, an untested new form of influenza vaccine that had four different strains of influenza, including the highly pathogenic H1N1. That vaccine was grown in a cell line, a dog cell line. Dogs have lots of coronaviruses, and that's why they're not testing there. You could just say, oh, it was that. As the country begins emerging from the worst of the coronavirus epidemic, one question remains. What happened to all the hydroxychloroquine? We know that hydrochloroquine and zinc are working 
great for patients. And then Fauci comes out and says, well, there's no double-blind controlled placebo study, which by the way, Dr. Fauci, is there going to be a double-blind controlled placebo study of your vaccine? Is there? In a survey polling nearly 2,300 doctors in some 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine was ranked as the most effective medication to treat the virus. The AMA was saying, you know, doctors will lose their license if they use hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug that's been on the list of essential medicine worldwide for 70 years. Dr. Fauci calls that anecdotal data. It's not storytelling if we have thousands of pages of data saying it's effective against these families of viruses. For 50 cents a dose, we could protect a thousand people for seven days, two doses a day, with one $600 vial. And that hasn't been done. And this is essential medicine, and they keep it from the people. Not only now, but back in autism with our discovery, there was an old antiviral drug, 100-year-old drug called Suramin, on the WHO list of essential medicine. It literally gave kids with autism a voice, a life. What did Bayer and Monsanto do? They took it away from everybody. You couldn't get it to save your life right now, and we tried. Believe me, every way we could. So when you take away a medicine, um, and, and not just the not just the WHO, not just the WHO, the FDA, the CDC, Tony Fauci, close everything. Just end it all, and we've got a healthy world again. And we got tons of money because we can take all that money they're making on their patents, and we can give it to the victims of this plague of corruption. Is it safe to say that anything that cannot be patented has been shut down intentionally because there's no way to profit from it, all these natural remedies that we have had for ever? Absolutely, that's fair to say, and that's exactly what's going on in COVID-19. The game is to prevent the therapies till everyone is infected and push the vaccines knowing that the flu vaccines increase the odds by 36% of getting COVID-19. Where does that data come from? A publication last year where the military who had been vaccinated with influenza were more susceptible to coronaviruses. Coronaviruses are in every animal. So if you've ever had a flu vaccine, you were injected with coronaviruses. And then to put on a mask. This doesn't make any sense. We wear masks in an acute setting to protect us. We're not wearing masks. Why is that? because we understand microbiology, we understand immunology, and we want strong immune systems. Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. You're not, you're not immunodeficient and you're not uh, elderly. You should be able to go out without any gloves and without a mask. I think if you are those things, you should either shelter in place or wear a mask and gloves. I don't think everybody needs to wear a mask and gloves because it reduces your bacterial flora. It doesn't allow you to interact with society and your bacteria flora and your viruses, your friends that protect you from other diseases, 
end up going away, and now you're more likely to get opportunistic infections, infections that are hoping you don't have your good bugs fighting for you, if that makes sense. And then as we all come out of shelter in place with a lower immune system and start trading viruses and bacteria, what do you think is going to happen? Disease is going to spike. I guarantee when we reopen, there's going to be a huge, huge amount of illness that's going to be rampant. The building blocks of your immune system is virus and bacteria. End of story. Wearing the mask literally activates your own virus. You're getting sick from your own reactivated coronavirus expressions. And if it happens to be SARS-CoV-2, then you've got a big problem. You're, not you're not the first virologist who has told me that we're doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing to contain and to create immunity from this virus. Why would you close the beach? You've got sequences in the soil, in the sand. You've got healing microbes in the ocean, in the salt water. That's insanity. These institutions that are polluting our environment and our bodies, there was a time when they actually had to fight their own battles. But they've done such a great job at manipulating the masses that it's other people shutting down other citizens. And the big tech platforms follow suit and they shut everything down. There is no dissenting voices allowed anymore in this free country, which is something I never thought I would live to see. Uh, nor would I accept uh, what I've experienced since 2011. It's beyond comprehension how a society can be so fooled that the types of propaganda continue to where they're just driving us to hate each other. You want to go to work yes. to get this disease? Uh, I think the medical profession know what they're they've talking about. They've been wrong so far, ma'am. They've been wrong. Hopefully, this is the wake-up call of all America to realize this makes no sense and, and we win because it will take down the whole program with information like this. And, and for me, it's the great news that the doctors are waking up and saying, wait a minute. You, you doctors that are watching this, and I see a lot of you right here, why are you not getting loud? I'm here to defend you. I'm here to defend my freedoms. I'm here to defend my family's freedoms, my patients' rights to choose what to do with their life. I'm just blown away, and I'm blown away why there are not more doctors like me talking about this all over the place. We should be banding together right now. You need to wake up because your liberties are getting taken away from you all because of fake news that's out there. This is wrong. People should be going to jail for this stuff. So it's not the scientists who are in any way dishonest. They're listening to people who for more than 40 years have controlled who gets funded, what gets published. And I'm sorry to say many, many people will simply take the money and the fame and that support, things that absolutely aren't true. What do you say to the medical professionals that are just beginning to get a glimpse of the depth to which they have been misled and steered away from their oath to do no harm? I say forgive yourselves. It, it's the hardest thing to realize for all of us and is, is that with all the best intention, we studied, we learned what we thought was the truth. We had no idea that, that the, the data that we were being told was true was 
not true. We've been taught now in our, in our schools a very different science. You don't get funded if you don't speak the party line. You don't get published. That was probably the hardest thing for me to take is understanding that scientific journals would, would twist the discovery that should have healed all. Will the scientific community have the courage to answer the question of whether these diseases might have been of their own creation? Thank you. So what we did pretty much ever since I got out of jail, we started an education company. We wake up doctors, and it's very difficult. But every doctor who realized they may have been part of the problem has now turned that around to march toward a better society and restore faith in the promise of medicine. That's all we can do. Well, Dr. Mikovits, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real honor to sit here with you and, and particularly thank you for your courage. Thank you, Mickey. I appreciate it a lot. The idea that we are now a few days away from a new administration, given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity of serving in five administrations, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today, is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today is that there is no question that there will be a surprise outbreak. The thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are going to see this in the next few years. Thank you. Wow. Wow. And of course, that was Anthony Fauci at the end uh, in 2017. And he said there will be a surprise outbreak um, in the next couple years. Um, so yeah, that movie is um, plandemicmovie.com. And I actually visited the website. And they took the video down. Um, and they said, oh, you can download it. I clicked, I tried to download it. Um, I, had to, I had to find a, uh, one of my other websites that I use to download stuff. Um, but that you could, you can't download it. They took it off of Venmo, which you can download videos off of there. Um, but yeah, uh, plandemicmovie.com. And, you know, I talked about that one video. I started looking at other videos on YouTube of people talking about this. And you look at the like to dislike ratio and, uh, this one video had like, I don't know, a lot of dislikes. So people, like, people are starting to wake up. And like, the question is like, if they are removing this, YouTube took this down yesterday on the, on the 6th from what I'm reading. And they keep on taking it down. And the question is, if it's... If it's not true, or if it's true, like, why are they taking it down? You know, if it's so inaccurate, then why are they taking it down? Oh, they take it down for misinformation. Are they taking it down because it's exposing people? That's what it is. Also, I want to talk about this nurse in New York. Um, she made a video. 
and you have to watch the video. Just type in New York nurse. But if you want to listen to it, I thought I would share. So if you want to just, you know, if you're doing other stuff and you don't want to like run your phone down with YouTube um, or whatever, you can just listen to it. But uh, she said that the hospital that she's working at is literally the nurses are not um, trained on the stuff that that they're, that they're supposed to be doing. They're not trained and they're not listening to to people. They're they're just they're not caring, I guess. And she came from another state. I'm not really sure, but she came from another state. Um I'm assuming Minnesota or some like Wisconsin. It sounds kind of like that. Maybe almost Canadian accent or something, but uh, she said that the hospitals up there are m- being medically mismanaged, and you can, I can, I can sit back all day and talk about, you know, hospitals and things like that. But I don't know what it's like being in a, a like a doctor or a nurse. But this woman lives it every single day, and so I thought it would be, it would be helpful to get a better picture uh, of this situation, just to hear what are the nurses are saying? Like, what are the medical professionals saying about the situation? And this is in New York City. She posted this a few days ago. And uh, here's what she has to say. So here it is. Great goodness. It is 8.42 New York time. And I got to my regular unit and they took my patient away, my black guy. And now I'm getting switched units. This is exactly what happened before at the other hospital. As soon as I told somebody and like like management and tried to advocate for my patient, they take the patient away from me and then they move me. So, like, I legitimately don't even know what to do anymore. Like, even the advocacy groups don't give a shit about these people. Like, literally, like, black lives don't matter here. And, I mean, that's pretty sad that somebody who is white and lives hundreds of miles away from the city gives more of a shit about these people than the actual people in this city. Like, for real. Like, I had a complete breakdown yesterday because... You know, I missed an important email to do a revision on my proposal, so my proposal got canceled because I was trying to advocate for my patient and talk to management here and get the care that he needs because he's being medically mismanaged. Um, And I just had a complete fucking breakdown because, you know what, my entire proposal got canceled because I, you know, wasted my time advocating for a fucking patient who's just going to die anyway. (sighs) You know, and sure enough, they take the patient away from me. And then almost two hours into the shift, they switch me units. This is exactly what happened at the other hospital when I was advocating for the little Hispanic lady. You know, guys, here's the thing. Let me try and put things into context for you, okay? I know... Not everybody's going to live. I'm not that fucking green or ignorant or 
you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to think that, okay? I know we're going to have a shit ton of people die. But these people aren't dying from COVID. Let me give you several examples here. Uh, an anesthesiologist um, intubated the patients, like, I think it was right, uh, like, bronchi and of a patient and they couldn't get the sats up and for about five hours like we were waiting on a chest x-ray to confirm that the placement was wrong and in the meantime while we're waiting for that and we've told the anesthesiologist that it was placed wrong because like literally only one side of his fucking chest is like inflating um he dies okay um a patient had a heart rate of 40 and the resident started doing chest compressions on him, which is not what you do. You just externally pace them or you, you know, give him some atropine. And then, you know, I run in there to stop him from doing chest compressions on somebody with a fucking pulse. And then he decides to push Epi. He throws some pads on them, on him to, to defibrillate the guy in bradycardia. Okay, he has a heart rate of 40 in a stable, you know, bradycardic rhythm, we just need to give him, some, like, some atropine and pace him, he fucking defibrillates him and kills him. And I was literally ran out of, like, the patient's room to get, like, the director of nursing who was standing out there, and I'm like, can you stop him? He's going to kill that patient. He's going to kill that patient if he defibrillates him with bradycardia and a heart rate of 40. And the director of nursing just shook his head, and I turned around, and he killed the dude. Okay. There was a nurse who played placed an NG tube into um into some guy's lungs and filled his lungs with tube feeding. There was a nurse who confused uh, a long acting insulin with a short acting acting insulin and gave thirty units of a fast acting insulin and killed the guy. <sighs> what else? Other stuff have I seen? Yeah, it's just here they're just going to let them rot on the vent. They're medically mismanaging these patients. And, like, I'm not a doctor, guys. I'm not professing to be a doctor by any means. But there's, like I said, basic standards of care that we have to do. Like, when somebody's low on blood, like, literally on the brink of a critical low blood level, we should replace the blood. But I asked the residents, and they're like, does he have internal bleeding? And I said, no. Then they're like, well, we're not replacing the blood. Well, here's the thing. In these COVID patients, they all eventually need a blood transfusion. Their blood, like, if you don't have enough blood to actually oxygenate your body, the vent settings don't fucking matter, okay? <laughs> they don't matter because you have no oxygen-carrying capacity of your blood, okay? <sighs> I told you about the patient where, like, all that, like, purulent drainage just kept seeping into his lungs because the ET tube cuff was leaking and nobody has a fucking manometer here to check the pressures. And I finally figured that out. And I kept saying, hey, you know what? His white blood cell count is steadily, like, you know, we're having a problem with it. Like, do you want to start some antibiotics? No. Well, does he have a fever? And I said, no, he doesn't have a fever. They didn't want to start antibiotics. Day shift nurse finally got a chest x-ray. He has full-blown pneumonia now. Like, I've been telling them this for a while, but because he didn't have a fever, they didn't want to give him antibiotics. <sighs> we have a nurse who, like, 
fell asleep at the fucking nurse's station while we were all in rooms and her norepinephrine ran out and the guy had no fucking blood pressure and didn't perfuse his brain and I'm pretty sure he's brain dead. That same nurse is now running a CRRT machine, a dialysis-like machine, that she has never done before. She said she'll figure it out. Okay? I'm pretty fucking smart and I figure a lot of shit out, but I would never attempt to try and figure out a CRRT machine on the fly. Like, we are adequately staffed. There's a shit ton of staff in there, like, and we have a nurse who does CRRT in there. She has a different patient load. We told them, like, hey, let's just swap these nurses so the one that knows how to work this machine can work this machine, but they didn't want to do that. So I'm pretty sure that patient will be dead here in a couple hours. And this is why I freaked the fuck out yesterday. Because nobody is listening. They don't care what is happening to these people. They don't. I'm literally coming here every day and watching them kill them. I mean, we're not going to save everybody. That's fine. Like, come on, guys. We're not God. But, like, some of these people, hey, we know that they're not going to live. Let's start a hospice unit or something, you know? Like, they don't need to be in the ICU. Let's change course. Let's do palliative care or something. Like, literally, some of these people are just on sedation to keep them on the vents. Nothing else. I have a lady on a trank on a vent, and she's not even fucking cognizant. She's not even on sedation. You know what we give her every day? I give her breathing treatments, albuterol, and uh, she gets uh, insulin. And that's it. That's it. We're not treating the COVID, guys. Like, for real, we're not treating the COVID. You know, every day we try and get these guys off the vents, right? Because, you know, there's criteria for weaning. Every day, the day shift nurse will wean them down, like, to, like, minimum sedation. Every night we come in and we get the same two residents and they fucking max out all the sedation again and undo all the work from the day shift. Then the day shift attending will come in and they'll all do rounds. And they'll be like, he wasn't synchronizing with the vent. So we had to turn all the sedation on. And I'm like, he wasn't synchronizing with the vent because it's in the wrong vent mode. So. I legit don't even know what to do anymore. Like, I tried calling advocacy groups. I tried talking with management here, like, the nursing admin. Like, nothing. Nobody's doing anything. <sighs> we still have a 100% mortality rate on the ICU unit. I just left. But, I mean, they're living longer because we have, like, legit ICU nurses there. So... CDC finally, like, not the CDC, FDA approved yesterday the remdesivir study, like, to start using remdesivir for uh, COVID patients. <laughs> Guys, I don't even know what to do anymore. And this is why it had a complete fucking breakdown. Like, I literally had to call my friend Lisa and FaceTime her and she answered the fucking phone while she was in the shower because she like knew I was having a hard time to talk to her 
because it's like going in the fucking twilight zone. Like everyone here is okay with this. Look, the only way I can kind of put this into context for everybody is, and this is going to be kind of an extreme example, this is like really the only thing I can come up with, is like if we were in Nazi Germany and they were like taking the Jews to go put them in a gas chamber, I'm the one like there saying, hey, this is not good, this is bad, this is wrong, we should not be doing this. And then everyone tells me, hang in there, you're doing a great job. You can't save everybody. You're, you know, you're amazing. You're a great nurse. Guys, I know I'm a fucking good nurse. I know I go in there and I give it 500% every day. I know I'm not being negligent. Okay? I fucking know that. What I need is someone to help me save these people from being killed. Okay? From gross negligence and complete medical mismanagement. And no one is listening to me. Like, for real, nobody's listening. I even tried getting a hold, like, of black advocacy groups here. <laughs> they just put me on hold or hang up on me. Tried talking to management. Now I got moved units. Like, I legit don't know what to do anymore. Can someone come up with, like, some type of a solution for me because I'm kind of out of ideas. You know, when I try and talk with some of the other nurses here and they're like, well, you can't save everybody. And they all know what's happening. They all agree with me and they all just shake their heads and I'm like, am I the only one who is not a sociopath? To think that this is okay? I mean, guys, they literally don't even know when they're dead. Like, how many times have I told you they've assigned me a dead person? Like, how long have they been dead? Nobody knows. How is anybody assessing anything without a stethoscope? Normally we have like those disposable stethoscopes. But I knew what we were coming into, so I brought my old chunky one. Nobody, nobody's listened to anybody's lungs as long as I've been here. Even with disposable stethoscopes. I, you know, I keep telling them that. You know, the guys are like, the, my patient's going acidotic. We need to do something about this before his kidneys shut down. You know, give him some bicarb or something like that. And this is what they do. They let the patient's blood get acidotic. Their kidneys shut down. And then at the last minute, another fucking trauma. This is like the fifth fucking trauma tonight. Some dude got fucking shot in front of the hospital. Like, two to the chest and two to the abdomen. What the fuck is wrong with these people? <sighs> yeah, so anyways, kidneys shut down, and at the last fucking minute, they finally decide to run bicarb. So they run five liters of bicarb into a person who's gained 20 pounds of water weight and completely throw him into heart failure, and he dies several hours later. 
That was one of my patients. So I let them know. Like, they had me start the bike car, like, before I left one night. And by the time I had come back in, the next shift, he was dead. And they assigned him to me. And he was already in a body bag. Like, guys, they're not dying of COVID, okay? Like, yeah, people are going to fucking die of COVID. Like, yeah, some people legit will end up with multi-organ failures and will legit throw the clots and kill them, like, and die, people. I fucking know this. I'm not, like, some fucking new grad, okay? That's going to save everybody in the world, okay? I am literally telling you that they're murdering these people. And nobody will listen to me. I mean, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but... I'm pretty sure that when you defibrillate somebody with a heartbeat of 40 in a stable rhythm and you kill them, that's murder. And I'm pretty sure that when you put somebody's peep up to like 25 and peep doesn't go past, I think, like 15, 20, and you, you blow their lungs out and they die, I'm pretty sure that's murder. You know, I mean, I've just watched a doctor drop a central line and fucking rupture, like, the sub, like, clavian, like, vein, and the guy fucking bled to death. I mean, COVID didn't break that central line. COVID didn't kill that guy. I mean, he was a COVID patient. I mean, every single patient I've taken care of, guys, is a COVID patient. Like, I've never had a non-COVID patient, Okay. I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore. So, and that's why I got upset yesterday. Because nobody's listening. I literally had to call my friend Lisa because I'm like, dude, I am not crazy, right? Like, this is wrong, right? watched an anesthesiologist place an ET tube and rushed for their esophagus and the guy choked to death on his own blood. Ah, COVID didn't place that ET tube incorrectly. And nobody cares because they're all minorities and we're in the fucking hood. You know, and that's just not okay. You know, I grew up really poor. And so I know what it's like to be, like, completely forgotten and for nobody to advocate for you. And that's why I get really upset, guys. Because, like I said, I know that a lot of people are going to die, but... You know, COVID didn't cause that pneumo. And incorrectly placed ET to place that pneumo, and then they wouldn't let me fix it. Like, all I had to do was, like, adjust it. And they wouldn't let me do it. So if anyone's got any idea what the hell I can do 
to save my one black guy before they completely transfer me out of this hospital. That would be great. Because he's mentally there. When he sees us come in, his heart rate and his blood pressure drop up. And he doesn't sink with the vent. Because he can see us. And when we leave, he calms down again. He just physically can't communicate with us. Like I told you, I had Stephanie explain to him what was happening to him because you can't hear me very well through a respirator. Plus, I'm sure that respirator is probably scary. Especially if you're kind of out of your mind from all the sedation. But he's a cab driver and lives a couple blocks away from here. So... He has some family, but the problem is it said 999999 for the phone number, and I didn't get the address before, like, I abruptly got moved. I'm sitting in the vending machine room because it's nice and cool. I'm in between units right now, so they haven't realized I'm gone. I figured I'd have a mini meltdown and then get my shit together because I've never been to the other unit. Mind you, I've been on this unit the whole time, and whatever, I'm flexible. But once again, you know, I talked to admin. Next day, I got moved. That's what happened at the other hospital. They don't care what's happening to these people. And I just have to keep watching them die. And... There's like this weird telenovela on. I think it's about a dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried talking to hospital management. I tried calling CMS. I tried calling the equivalency of their division of aging. I tried calling a couple black power groups in the area. <laughs> Who else? I mean, this took several hours. This is why I missed that email with revision for my proposal. Because I'm like, fuck, guys. I tried contacting a newspaper. Nobody called me back. So. <laughs> yeah, Stacy. Fuck. You'd probably lose your mind because you're not a sociopath thinking this is all okay. It's just weird guys they're all okay with it like I tell you we get on the fucking bus and we go into the twilight zone here like how do you not know when your patient is dead for real I mean back at that other unit when shit was just crazy and bodies were just fucking dropping yeah I can understand that but guys you have a shit ton of staff like yeah, we have hundreds of extra nurses that have been are still here that are not part of hospital staff managing these patients, but we're on top of it now. We're on top of it now. There's no reason to not know when your patient's dead. I mean, there's no reason you should be managing a dialysis machine never knowing how to use a dialysis machine when there's a dialysis nurse in there. 
my hand's shaking because I'm so pissed. Yeah, that nurse that was sleeping in the corner there. She was she's from the she was from the ER yesterday, like when I had my first original breakdown. And uh and uh she's like, Well, they don't just unnecessarily intubate them, they try and you know, would you bite them? I'm like Girl, I am not fucking green. I know some, like, people need a, a tube dropped, okay? Like, I'm not saying that. Like, at the other hospital, they were doing unnecessary intubations because they had no fucking clue how to put the vent into in, into CPAP or BiPAP. Yeah, I mean. So, I mean, but yeah, there's, like, legit indications. Like, fuck, that dude needs a tube. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that. Yeah, my lead at the other hospital who advocated for the patients too. Like the first day I got there and I was in orientation, that crash course orientation, he warned me that I was going to have a problem. He would advocate for the patients too. They fucking moved him too. He's at a completely different hospital. I tried reaching out to him, but he hasn't texted me. Like, I, what, you think I saw what was bad? He saw way worse shit than that. Okay, how bad's my face look? I'm just putting my respirator on. They ain't gonna fucking know no different. I was in here freaking the fuck out. Alright, guys. I'm going in the unit. Let's see how they kill him there, okay? Stay safe. Stay out of NYC for your healthcare. Again, thank you so much for the nurses out there and the doctors for for having to put up with this stuff and I can't imagine being a nurse or a doctor right now it um, literally the hardest job in the world probably right now that and police officers because they have to take orders that they know is not right and it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, a lot of things are happening right now that are not good. But I don't want this podcast to like instill fear. I just want to educate people and hopefully this information will wake you up and, and start to, you know, for you to see what's really going on. So thank you to the nurses that are willing to, you know, speak up thank you to the experts like judy and thank you to i mean you know these people are putting their life on the line i'm just like i'm just sharing it you know but these people are actually putting their face out there these you know those doctors that the um in that video uh the judy video the pan or the uh pandemic video they showed some clips of those doctors, the Dr. Erickson out in Bakersfield. And if you haven't checked that out, you can go back in my other podcast. I won't upload that to YouTube. I might have to upload this YouTube. I might have to upload this to YouTube with a weird title just to get it up there. But, um, these medical professionals, that are coming out against the experts. You know, the weird thing about it is we're only allowed to have one opinion about this thing. And that's what's freaking me out. Like, we can't have other 
opinions about this. It's like a... It's like a dictatorship. It's like a... a Communism, you know? It's... Something's off. Something's off with this stuff. I don't know. But anyway, one hour of truth. Thank you for listening. But they can't take that patriot out of your blood.